friends. Thank you for that song. Go ahead and take your Bible this morning and go to Second Corinthians. I always, I'm so thankful for all of you. I don't know. My favorite thing of the week is just preaching on Sunday. I'm always excited about preaching, and you know, I appreciate that you all like preaching. And this subject I'm preaching on this morning, this is just something that's near and dear to me, and it's been on my heart for a long time. And I've preached some other messages kind of along these lines to a certain extent because I, but I still feel like, you know what, I don't know that we fully have grasped this concept yet. I don't know sometimes if people just fully recognize and understand certain things about salvation. And I think it's scary, you know, whenever, you know, we're out knocking doors and you talk to people and you ask them, you know, what you think you need to do to go to heaven. And it's crazy how everybody has the same answer and it's all wrong. You know, everybody that you talk to, everybody we talked to yesterday, when you asked them what you thought you had to do to go to heaven, they're all thinking, well, you know, you got to do good. You got to do good works. That's what everybody thinks. And the thing, sad thing is many of these people, they go to church and it's like, are, are they being told this in these churches or are people just not getting things? And man, I hope, I hope that there is nobody here that thinks you can get to heaven by being good. I really hope that. But you know what? Sometimes we still, we, we kind of hang on to little things and we put assurance in areas where we shouldn't. And I don't know, I just, I, I really want to make sure that we get this. And if you're getting it, try to look like you're getting it. Maybe I, you know, I can feel like I can move on to other subjects because I want you to get this. This is so important. And if you could get this, if you can understand it, uh, I mean, it will, it'll, it'll give you victory in your Christian life. You'll be able to, it'll help you have assurance of your salvation. And I think it would probably motivate people to maybe be a better witness. I believe, I, I think it's sad how many churches today, they don't do anything when it comes to soul winning. Many Christians, they're not trying to be a witness. They don't tell others about Jesus. And I think one of the main reasons that people don't, we're going to kind of cover in this message. And so, boy, please get this today. Pay close attention. I, w- I want to make sure you all understand this. Do not let me go to heaven and not find you there. All right. D- d- don't let that happen. We're all going to stand before God on judgment day. I do not want to see any of you cast into the lake of fire. And then, well, that wouldn't happen to us. You know, we're good people sitting here in church. Oh, really? So you do think it's good works? You do think it's being good? Obviously, you need this message if that's what you're thinking right now. So pay very close attention because I hope nobody, you, you think you're, you're sitting here, you're in church, you're dressed in church clothes, you're here on Sunday. That does not mean you're saved. Not even close. So I can go look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Would to God ye would bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. That's where we're getting the title of this message, Corruptors from the Simplicity in Christ. Notice how he mentions Satan, how she deceived Eve. We know the Bible credits Adam with bringing sin into the world because Eve did not sin willfully. She was deceived. She was tricked. Adam, he sinned willfully. The Bible teaches us that. And sometimes good, well-meaning people, they are just deceived. These people that are out there saying that they believe they're going to go to heaven because they're good. I'm not saying these are bad, wicked people. 
I'm saying they're deceived people. And well, I would hate to think that anyone in here has deceived themselves or been deceived by someone else or maybe just not fully understood what I was trying to preach and you got deceived from the simplicity that is in Christ. Notice specifically what he's talking about, about being corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Paul feared that. I think every pastor fears that. Fears that the people in their church, people that they witness to, people they love, being corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Verse 4 says, For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom ye have not preached, or if ye receive another spirit which ye have not received, or another gospel which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. He was very nervous about what would happen if a false teacher came along. I'm always worried about someone when they get saved, whether it be somebody we uh, reach out knocking doors or someone who gets saved here in the service that maybe they, they move on. I'm always worried about where they're going to go to church. We will try to get them into this church because a lot of times they go into other churches and they get corrupted. They get, they, these people really get saved, but then they go to a church that teaches them you can lose your salvation. You know, they'll teach them that, you know, you can, you know, if, if you do things that are too bad, you won't be saved anymore and they can, that happens to people all the time and they can never have uh, true victory in their life and liberty that God wants them to have. But verse 5, he says, For I suppose I was not a wit behind the very chiefest apostles, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been truly made manifest among you in all things. So this is kind of a side note here, but Paul mentions I'm rude in speech, but not in knowledge. We don't have time to go to all the references to this, but Paul often, on purpose spoke in kind of a in a base way or a almost ignorant way. Paul worked very hard in making sure because Paul, we see in the Bible, he was a very intelligent, he was a very educated man. But with Paul, whenever he would preach the gospel, it was almost like he would dumb not the gospel down, but himself down. Because he didn't he wanted to make sure he displayed, you know, the power of God and people didn't get caught up in Paul. People didn't think something about him. They, he Because the gospel is a simple, simple plan. Amen. One that was often mocked. And Paul, that's why Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. People think that not being ashamed of the gospel means you're not embarrassed to be a Christian. Okay? And I don't know why anybody would be embarrassed to be a Christian. But when Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, okay, they just came out with a movie called I Am Not Ashamed. And it's about a girl who was not ashamed about being a Christian and you know, that's good to be that way. But you understand that passage, Paul is specifically saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The reason maybe some would think he should be ashamed was because of how simple it was. It didn't take a lot of brains. It didn't take a lot of greatness. It doesn't take, you know, for you to get saved, you don't have to become this good person. You don't have to live up to the standard for you to get saved. You don't have to have this high intellect. OK, if you think you're saved because you're just smart and you figured out the Bible, well, I hate to bust your bubble, but I got saved. I figured out when I was five years old. You know why? How could you figure it out when you're five years old? You know why? Because it's real simple. It's very simple. A little child can receive and, and, and can understand it. But yet people, they corrupt it. They try to complicate it. 
And so Paul, he, he's, he's warning them and he, he was rude in speech. He didn't want to come off as intelligent, like this intellectual, because he wanted everybody to understand that, you know, anybody can receive this. If he would have been impressing people with his knowledge, you know, they might have, you know, gotten the wrong idea about the gospel. They might have thought that this is something, you know, for smart people and for, you know, educated and, or good people, whatever. So he, he kind of did that on purpose. There's many references to that in the Bible. Verse 7, he says, Have I commanded an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted? Because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely. Okay? He preached it to him freely. Now, see, this is the kind of stuff that just makes me mad sometimes when I see this in the Bible. Okay? Paul, when he went around, he preached freely. He didn't charge people for it. He didn't sell tickets. Do you realize that people, you know, there's preachers out there that are so big, they're so famous, they literally can go around and they can sell tickets to their services. I mean, there's people that will go and they'll pay money in these places. And, and the crazy thing about it, people flock to it. I, don't, I sometimes think we would probably get a bigger crowd if we started charging admission. You say that doesn't make sense. I know, but it works. These people do it all the time. I mean, these false prophets, they will they'll, they'll sell tickets, they'll do all these things, and they somehow still get crowds. But one thing they all have in common, they're not preaching the truth. Paul, he preaches the truth because it's like people think, hey, it, it costs 50 bucks to go hear that guy. This must really be good. But that guy, he's free. That must mean nobody wants it. That must mean nobody cares. But the truth, and the truth is, those people that do that kind of stuff, people flock to that. And Paul literally abased himself by preaching freely. It's almost giving off an impression that this is simple. You know, that there's nothing magical about this. Okay, if we did a magic show, we'd really get a lot of people in here. We could charge money for that. But Paul, he didn't do that. He abased himself. Why? Because it's so important for people to get saved. They've got to understand the simplicity of the gospel. They've got to understand how easy it is, how it is not about you and any goodness in you, any work that you do. It's all about Jesus Christ. So Paul, on purpose, he did that to himself. And, no, and so he did it freely. And then in verse 8, he says, I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. Okay, Paul, he got support from other churches. Uh, there was other churches that gave to him, that communicated with him. The Bible uses that term that helped him financially so he could go and he could spread the gospel to these places. These people should have been paying Paul. I mean, think about it. If we had went in town and put on a magic show or put on a concert, we could charge people for that and nobody would care and we would be doing them no good at all. But this, okay, this is free and we're doing good things for people. That doesn't, that doesn't seem right. Well, you know, how are we, you know, how are we able to do that? Well, we're able to do what we do because of those who actually do give voluntarily, those who do help and, and thank God, thank God for that. And the Corinthian church, you know, he, here, he's doing everything free. He's, uh, for them, but there was other churches that were given, you know, Paul had to eat too. Okay. Paul was human like everybody else. He had to eat. He had to survive. And then verse nine, he says, when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knoweth, 
But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. There's people out there that are fake, that are phonies. There's people out there who call themselves preachers. They look like preachers. They sound like preachers. They talk like preachers. They dress like preachers. They act like them. They're nice. They're friendly. They've got places where they go speak that look like churches. They stand behind pulpits. They hold many times Bibles or a uh, you know version of a Bible. They'll do they'll do those things. But don't marvel by that. Don't be shocked that there would be a preacher that's a phony and a fraud and a liar. He's saying, don't be surprised by that. Don't marvel by that. Okay, most people would get offended. If I went to it, if I went and I pointed out another church is preaching a false religion, I said, that guy is a false prophet and a liar. Oh, come on. You can't say, you can't say that about people. No, look, no, look at him. Look how nice he is. He wouldn't do anything like that. The Bible says don't marvel about that because Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. We all know that Satan can transform himself into an angel, the devil. If he does not mind transforming himself into an angel of light, why would we be surprised if his ministers transformed themselves into workers of righteousness? That's exactly what we should expect. And let me tell you, they are out there and there are people, there are churches that I, I, you say, you're, you're exaggerating. No, everybody we talk to, when we knock on their door and we ask them, how can you can know for sure you're going to heaven? They all say good works. They almost, I mean, I, every great once in a while, I'll get somebody that gets it right. And I usually find out they go to a Baptist church. But other than that, I mean, it just, it almost doesn't happen. Why? Because Satan's ministers are out there all over the place corrupting people from the simplicity in Christ. And we've got to make sure we watch out for that. And so, a few things I want to show you here in the Bible. A few things that corrupt people from the simplicity in Christ is, the first one is religion. Okay, religion. Oh, now you're going to talk bad about religion? Religion's good. It's good to be religious. look Look at Matthew chapter 23 and verse 15. Matthew 23 and verse 15 says, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye can pass sea and land to make one proselyte, and when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourselves. What's Jesus talking about here? Well, we've got a lot of people out there that are trying to build their religion. They're trying to build their churches. And listen, I've got no problem. Okay, we're trying to build our church. We want this church to grow. We want more people here. We want... We want Full pews, all right? We want a full house, okay? I'm gonna, I'll admit it. We want that, okay? We're, one of these days, these front pews, all right? These are always the ones that nobody wants. But you know, one of these days, somebody's gonna have to use them, okay? Somebody's gonna have to use them because we, we do, we wanna fill this place up. However, however, is that the main goal? Okay, the, the main, the, just, if we just get somebody here in these pews, does that mean they're gonna go to heaven? No. Well, our job is not mainly to get people in the pews. Our job is to give people the gospel and get people saved. And so we've got to be careful that we don't get so caught up in building our religion, becoming instead of a soul winner, you could say a flesh winner. 
Okay, we, you know, it's like people, uh, who cares if we get people saved out there if they don't come to church? We're trying to grow the church. No, actually, we're supposed to be trying to get people saved. Unfortunately, not everybody that gets saved comes to church and you've got some goofballs out there. There's a lot of preachers. Well, you know, I don't believe, uh, you know, a religion that won't get you in, uh, a religion that won't get you in church surely won't get you into heaven. Well, that's one of the corruptors we're going to look at in a little bit. But you hear that all the time and it's not right. And I'm telling you right now. We've got to be careful about this. Religion is corrupting people from the simplicity in Christ. We want people in the pews. Hey, we need people in the pews. We want you here. If you get saved, we want you here. We've got to keep you here. We need this place full. Well, people aren't coming. You know, they're not doing what we want them to do. Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to keep them here? Well, they're going to have to keep coming if they want to go to heaven. And, and what do they do? They start complicating the gospel. Yeah. Don't you think that you're going to go to heaven if you don't even go to church? Well, you know, you show me in the Bible where it says you have to go to church to get saved. Yeah. You know, go to church and thou shalt be saved. Join a church and thou shalt be saved. That's not in the Bible, is it? But yet people think that, and there's even Baptists sometimes that, you know, they are, they're so aggravated by the fact they can't keep people coming into church and doing what they want to do, you know, that they start, you know, kind of coming up with their own version of that, you know, and they'll teach things. Well, if you never go to church, you, just, you know, obviously you don't have to get Go to church to get saved. You don't have to go to church to stay saved, you know, because we're supposed to believe in eternal security as independent Baptists. But if you don't go to church, it's probably because you never really got saved. Oh, really? Well, I don't remember. I remember seeing in the Bible we are where we are justified by our church attendance or by His blood. Jesus' blood, His sacrifice, His work is the proof. Of our salvation. Amen. So religion, that, that's not it. it, it it's, it's important. It's more important that we recruit saints. That we get people saved than it is to create Baptists. Okay? I want, I would like to turn this whole town Baptist. All right? I, would, I would love that. I would love if the whole town turned Baptist. That would be great. However, I would rather the whole town be saved. Okay? Because... Does baptism in a Baptist church, church membership in a Baptist church, does, you know, Baptist type separation, does singing Baptist hymns, you know, preaching like Baptists, you know, all, whatever things will all of us Baptists do, does that save anybody? Are there not going to be many Baptists that go to hell because they never truly were born again? Absolutely. Listen, I, I was born a sinner. I was born lost. But you know what? I was also born a Baptist. I have been a Baptist from my mother's womb. My parents were Baptists. They went to Baptist church. I have been going to church since before I was born. I sat in my mother's womb on the church pew. Okay, I. But I wasn't. I didn't get saved by that. And you know, some of our kids. One of our kids. We had a bib. I can't remember which one. One of them wore that it said "Itty Bitty Baptist." Okay, but they weren't saved. Okay, that 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 doesn't make them saved. So, yes, I'll admit it right now, folks. I like Baptists. I'd like to convert people to being Baptists. However, more importantly, I'd rather get everybody saved. Amen. I'd rather get them saved first, That's most important. And if it, you know, if it, you know, so these, you know, all these things that we mentioned, the church membership, separation, all those things, they're good, but they don't save people. And, you know, the truth is, if, Things like separation saves us. There's a lot of religions going to heaven before we do. Think about it. If how you dress gets you to heaven, 
Well, the Amish got all of us beat. The Muslims are going to heaven before we do. If it's about how you dress. Now, do we want people to dress right? Do we want people to dress modest? Absolutely. However, it's more important that they get saved than that they dress right. You know, I, I wish the Muslim people, I'm, you know, I would rather, you know, they've, they've got the clothing covered. Okay. I've, I've been in Jordan before. Some of the women there literally head to toe, nothing but black. You can't even see their face. Now that's modest. Okay. I mean, boy, you know, nobody's going to lust after that. In fact, it kind of spooked me a little bit. If I saw one of them coming around in those black, white robes, their face covered at night, I would run. All right. I would probably run faster from them, you know, than one carrying something that looked like a bomb. But, you know, that, that, that would be me. I think that's kind of scary. But are they saved because of that? Absolutely. Absolutely not. So, you know, we do. We want people to dress right and all that kind of stuff. But. Those things do not save people, but yet religions many times start imposing these things on people and people, they come to church and they think they're saved because, man, look at how I dress. Look what I do. I got baptized there. I'm a member of this church. Look at me. Surely I'm saved. No, those things don't save anybody. And we, do. we, want, we want to create Baptists so they can have a better life on earth, not so they can go to heaven. I believe if you're a Baptist and if you have your doctrine right, you're going to be you're going to be happier. You'll live, you'll live a better life. I believe you'll be a better soul winner. You'll make you'll be able to make a better difference for the cause of Christ if you are practicing Baptist doctrine. I believe in all that, and that's why we're going to stick to that. But those things don't save you. And I we got to make sure that we keep the priority on people getting saved. You know, on Jesus Christ more than Baptists. Because once again, while I talk about Baptists, sometimes Baptists embarrass me. Okay. I've been in, I, I go to a lot of meetings and I, I visit a lot of churches and I hear things preached sometimes and I'm just like, that's why I'm thankful we're independent. <laughs> you know, that I can distance myself if I need, if I need to, if somebody's a goofball. And so, you know, we're not saved by good works, but we have been saved unto good works. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Everybody knows that verse. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I don't even, you know, people are like, why do we even talk about works? Why do we even, you know, make a big deal about it? Those things don't get us into heaven. But actually, we do want to talk about works because right after that, nobody wants to read verse 10. But look what it says in Ephesians 2, verse 10. Oh, I didn't put it in here. I'll have to look it up. If I try quoting it, I'm going to mess it up. I covered this Wednesday night, but look at what it says in verse 10 after the not of works. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. God ordained it. God planned it that those who get saved do good works. But are we saved by those works? No, but we have been saved unto good works. So if you're saved, you should do good works. You should go to church. You should do all that stuff. Absolutely. People love Titus chapter 3. In verse 5, where it says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost. But then in, in um, verse 8, nobody wants to keep on reading. It says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God. Okay? Those who believe get saved. He said, Constantly affirm that those who believed in God that they uh, might be careful to maintain good works for these things are good and profitable unto men. 
So yes, good works don't get you saved, but we're going to talk about good works all the time. Why? It's good and profitable for you. Well, I don't like it. Well, you know what? You need it anyway. It's good for you. Stop acting like little kids. Mom, I don't want to take that medicine. Sorry, you're sick. It's good for you. Take it. All right? I don't like good works. Sorry, you're sick. It's good for you. Take it. Do the good works. All right? And we're going to constantly preach it, maintain it. That's good. But when we forget how we got saved, we often are in danger of becoming very judgmental and critical like the Pharisees. Okay, uh, Look at what it says in... Well, remember, you know, the, remember the Pharisees... We, we don't have time to go to all the passages on it. But the Pharisees, you know, what were they constantly doing? They were constantly, what Jesus said, you strain it in that and avoid the camel that's in your cup. You're trying to pull the moat out of your brother's eye while you have a beam in your own eye. And so... You know, if, if we're not careful, what sometimes happens in religion, we forget that God saved us and it had nothing to do with our works. And we start doing good works and now we want everybody else to do it because we have to. Yeah. And if people aren't doing it, then you know what? There's something wrong with them. That's not fair, okay? Look, look, at, look at all I'm doing. Man, I go to church every time the doors are open. I give my tithes and offering. I dress right. I look right. I smell right. I do everything right. And then, you know, Brother Lonnie, look at him. And you, he's going to heaven with me? I don't think so. You know, there's no way. He doesn't do any of the... I love picking on Brother Lonnie. He doesn't do any of the things that I do. And you're saying he's going to heaven before me? So you're saying you're better in your religion... Then Brother Lonnie, so you should go first. So now it's about religion. Now it's about works. Come on. Okay. You see the corruption that sometimes comes from religion? Listen, we are going to teach things the right way. We're going to teach what the Bible says, but we better not ever forget. Those things do not save us. We're doing those things because we are saved. Amen. And so new, belie new believers are often, I've noticed this in my life, they're often the best soul winners because they're convinced that if they got saved, you know what, you know what new believers always think? New believers, they're so simple and they're so, you know, uninformed. They think if God saved them, God can save anybody. And you know what they always do? These poor misguided souls, they get saved and they're like, man, God saved me. He can save anybody. And they start telling everybody that God can save them and think that it, they're going to get saved. They'll, they know their buddy, their family members that are just rotten. And they're like, man, I'm going to go tell these people about Jesus. They can get saved. And often they win these people to Christ. But then, after they've been in religion for a while, that starts to change. What? And I'm being very sarcastic right there. Listen, <laughs> if God can save you, He can save anybody. But what, what, are they, what, what happens? Why does that change with people? Well, because many times religion, it tries to force things on people. Things that aren't bad, and you know, even things that are good, but only so they can glorify their religion or themselves. Look at how I've got everybody in my church dressing. Look at what I got everybody in my church doing. That can make me look good as a pastor. But you know what? They did stuff like that in Galatians chapter six. This was a little more extreme than anything I've seen Baptists try to do. But in Galatians chapter six, verse thirteen, it was a constant problem where Jews that would get saved were constantly trying to bring their old customs back in the church. And one of the things they tried to do is get the circumcision, make it a requirement for salvation. And Paul said, for neither, uh, Galatians 6.13, for neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may glory in your flesh. Okay? 
hey, if I can get everybody doing what Baptists are supposed to do, that's going to make me look really good as a pastor. I can call in all the big shots and have them come preach for me and they can look at my congregation and look at them. Man, these people do everything I tell them to do. And you know what? It give me something to brag about. You know, look at these people. You know, they, if I say jump, they say how high. You know, and, and, I, and they start putting things on these people. And it does. It makes these guys look good. But verse 14, Paul said, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Paul said, I'm not going to glory in anything but the cross of Christ. Why? That's what saves people, okay? Not people getting circumcised. or not people doing everything. You know, you all, if you all start doing everything I tell you to do, okay? I think it'd be good for you. Uh, it might go to my head and be a problem. But at the same time, you know, if, if, I, if what I'm preaching is from the Bible, you ought to do it. But I'm just going to be honest. If everybody does what I tell them to do, it's going to make me look good. And it would be easy for me to glory in that. Yeah. And the truth is, I've got no business doing that. I have no business in glorying except in the cross of Christ. Amen. And it is, but it is very common that's happening in churches where they are. It's all about, you know, getting people to do everything and it makes them look good. And you know, it takes away from the cross of Christ and we can't, we can't have that. We can't do that. And so, for the religion, it corrupts people it, it, it many times. It, it can be. It doesn't have to be. Okay. There's good religion. There's pure religion the Bible talks about, but Many times, religion, it corrupts people from the simplicity in Christ. It makes it complicated. Yeah. We've got to somehow show that we're better. We've got to somehow prove that the Baptists are better than the Methodists and the Catholics and the Presbyterians. You know, we've got to somehow do something. And if, we're, you know, well, if we've convinced everybody we're better than the Baptists, well, now we've got to convince everybody we're better than the Southern Baptists and the American Baptists. And we've got to, if there's other independent Baptists, we've got to prove how we're better than the other independent Baptists. Somehow we've got to prove that we're better than everybody else. And so many times we'll do those things and it can start to corrupt people from the simplicity that's in Christ. Be careful. And so then, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. The second thing we see, uh, and I'll go through these other ones a lot quicker. Don't panic. But 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. It says, Now as touching things offered unto idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. If any man love God, the same is known of him. Notice what he says about knowledge puffing up, okay? It makes us really think we're something. It makes us think we're special. And most people that are out there corrupting the gospel, they're not new Christians. They're old Christians. See, like I said, the new Christians, they get it right. They, they're, they're the ones that think anybody can be saved. They're the ones that are just convinced that God can save anybody because he saved them. But many times there are these old Christians out there that many times they have all kinds of education, they have all, all kinds of degrees, okay? You know, in the, in the Twitter universe, there's a lot of preachers on there that like to do things to show how smart they are. And a very common thing that a lot of preachers like to do, they always like to have pictures of themselves with all their books behind them. And it's like they've got all these, that is a very common thing that preachers do. And it's like the bigger the library they've got. I've been thinking about going to like the, visit the Library of Con Congress and take my picture there. And act like that's mine, you know, so I can prove I'm smarter than all of them, you know, because it's just a con it's a contest and it's stupid. I'm not going to do that. But it, knowledge puffeth up. And man, look at all those books he's read. He must be smart. But you know what? Every one of those guys are morons that constantly corrupt the scriptures. The ones, the ones that do that, they're constantly messing with salvation 
A lot of these people, I don't feel like naming religions. They have already, I feel like being nice today. But some of these guys in particular, I mean, they can't stand this door knocking, soul winning, screen door evangelism, as they call it. There's no way that you're going to go out there and you're going to give somebody the gospel. And in the next 10, 15 minutes, they're going to get saved. Why? Is that too simple for you? Is it supposed to be more complicated? Should we have them take classes first? Should we have them do a catechism first? The Bible says that it's a simple plan. And many times, people who are saved at young age, they get older, they start questioning the salvation of those who aren't keeping the law like they are. Because they're looking like, you know, that person got saved... You know, they said they believe in Christ. They called on the Lord for salvation. I know the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But where are their works? You know, and then they misuse James. I'm not going to teach that this morning to try to prove that they're not really saved. But Titus, remember Titus 3.9. It, it said that those who have believed maintain good works. Okay? We're supposed to teach it, but not everybody does it. Otherwise, we wouldn't need to constantly maintain it. We wouldn't need to constantly preach about it. People often get saved and they don't get their act together. And those who don't get their act together, their life on earth is difficult. They're not going to enjoy life and they're not going to enjoy their salvation as much as you and I, but they still have their salvation because it's not about works. And so some people, you know, some people change right away when they get saved while others don't for several years. Yeah. And some never do. You know, Brother Lonnie, I know your testimony, when he, you know, he'd gotten saved a long time ago, but, you know, he, he'll be the first one to tell you. He's given his testimony. You know, he, he didn't get right for a long time. Well, you know what? Most religious people, they'd have looked at Brother Lonnie, lost. Yeah, whoever it was, let him to the Lord, not. They didn't really get it. One, two, three, repeat after me. Easy believism. Blah, blah, blah. You know, he didn't get it. No, sometimes it takes a while. And so then you got the other crowd. Well, if they really get it, eventually they'll come around. Really? I, show me the Bible verse on that. Nobody ever shows a Bible verse on that. You know, what are they doing? They're complicating it. This is too simple. That's too easy. There's no way. And you know what? The people who feel that way, you can't get them to go out soloing to save their life. You know why? Because you know, it, I wouldn't waste my time going out knocking doors unless I thought people actually could get saved. Yeah. But be, and because but people if I didn't think they would get I wouldn't do it. Okay? And that's why they don't do it. They don't really believe that they have been corrupted. Those who did change, they often claim those who never were just were never saved, but where in the Bible does it say you have to be changed to get saved? Yeah. Come on. You don't see that. I hope you change. You should change. But you might not. The main problem, you know, that the Jews had they were depending on keeping the law. But what did Jesus do? Jesus tried to show them that no one could keep the law and that they needed to believe to be saved. Amen. I doubt many of us are doing any better than the Pharisees were in keeping the law. And Jesus constantly is trying to show them, no, you've got to believe. He told Nicodemus, for whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He's trying to show them that. Stop trusting in your religion. Stop trusting in your works. And you know what the Bible says? That was a stumbling block to the Jews. And many of them did not get saved. Why? It was too simple. But God's not going to change the rules for them just because, you know, it wasn't working for them. Amen. But that's the truth no matter what. So if Jesus was trying to get people, 
you know, people, you know, when Jesus talked about repentance, people try to say, you know, it's, you know, you got to start doing all this good stuff to repent. No, a repentance, it's a change of mind. Amen. They were trusting in their works and Jesus wanted them to change from trusting in their works to believing on Christ. Amen. And think about this. If he was trying to get people to repent of their works based salvation and to believe in Christ, then why wouldn't he have given them a plan of salvation that involved more works? Think, think about that. He didn't talk about that. These people were already doing works and Jesus is trying to say, stop doing that and believe in me. But yet people are like, no, you got to do you know, the works. You got to obey these commandments. They were already trying that and they were doing better than any of us could do. And it didn't work. And Jesus, when he told them to repent, he's telling them to change from that. Stop going after works. Believe on Christ. And we've got Baptist people today that are even saying, no, for you to repent, you got to do the works. I'm sorry. That's not a 180. That's a 360. Okay, that's going, you're going all the way back around and going the wrong way again. And that that's wrong. That's not that is not repentance. That's good. That's not that's not a one eighty. That's three sixty. I just made that up. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that again in the future. But real yeah, real repentance. One eighty. The workspace repentance. Three sixty. Remember that one. Somebody write that down so I don't forget it. But but then lastly, real quick, forgetfulness. Okay, things that corrupt us. The first one, religion. Second, knowledge. Religion is good. Knowledge is good. But then there's forgetfulness. Sometimes people forget how they got saved. You know, how do you get saved? You realize you're a sinner. I failed in keeping the law. I failed. I didn't do it. You know, I can't do doing better. Isn't going to save me. I've already failed. Yeah. I didn't keep the law. They you got to recognize there's a penalty for sin. I deserve it. I, I, I deserve to go to hell. I've sinned. They acknowledge that Jesus was the Savior. Well, that, they understood he, he paid my debt. He died on the cross for me. They called on the Lord for salvation. When somebody calls on the Lord for salvation, you know what they're doing? They're admitting that they can't save themselves. Okay, Why would I call you for help if I can take care of myself, yeah. if I don't need it? Okay, When you call on the Lord, it's because you're like, I, I can't do this. I can't save myself. What are you doing? You're giving up on your works. And you're trusting in Him. That's what, that's what it is. And when we, when we fail to grow in Christ, we often forget what we were saved from. Second Peter 1.8, For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things, okay? If we're supposed to be adding things to our faith. We're supposed to be adding things after we get saved. We're supposed to be growing in Christ. If we do not grow in Christ, if we lack these things, he's blind and cannot see afar off and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. If we're not careful, we will we'll just forget. And it will corrupt us from the simplicity in Christ. We no longer will be like we were when we got saved where we're witnessing to everybody because we'll start seeing that family member that we know needs to be saved. But like, you know what? They're not going to get it. Why not? Well, there's no way they could ever live this life I'm living. Really? You now think you're saved because of the life that you're living? There's no way. You know, no, they're a drunk. They're a bum. They're the, oh, so you're, so you're saved because you're a good person now. You go to church. You know, they can't, you know what you're, they're doing? They're thinking these people will never get up to my standard 
Therefore, why witness to him? You, You forgot that salvation is not about them living up to your standard or anyone else's standard. It's about them believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. You used to think that people would get saved that way. You used to witness to people. You used to tell people about Jesus, but you forgot. And you now are corrupted to the point where you can't even witness. And there's preachers out there. They do. They badmouth soul winning. They badmouth all these things. They start, you know, calling names and they make, they make fun of it. You know what? They've, they're corrupted. From the simplicity in Christ. They'll even laugh at it. They'll mock it. They'll call it, they'll call it simple. And it's like, have you folks not read your Bible? It, it's a simple thing, but understand, in their defense, it is a natural thing to end up going that way. Just like backsliding is a natural thing. We are often, like Israel, they were bent on backsliding. We are bent in corrupting things. And that's why we've got to constantly renew these things in the spirit of our mind. We've got to constantly preach the Word. We've got to get back in the Scriptures. And we've got to remind ourselves of what it is all about. And we've got to be careful. Let's not get corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. If you have added something to salvation, if you think you're on your way to heaven because of your works, you're either not saved or you've just you've forgotten. You have forgotten what it's all about. Get back to it. Get back to the right, to the right thing. The plan of salvation is simple. If yours is complicated, it's wrong. Amen. And so, thank God for the simplicity in Christ. With that, let's all stand together.